As you know, we started last week a sermon series titled, Our Church, Christ's Home. And we're really looking at two dimensions of the Christian faith, the individual dimension and the corporate dimension. And we have to take responsibility individually for the own development of our faith in Jesus Christ, but we also have to take responsibility to be part of a corporate body of Christ, the Christian community, the church, the body of Christ, so that we can actually help one another grow as we help ourselves grow. And in this sermon series, we're always keeping in mind that although faith is personal, it is never, ever private. Now, we turn to two very important, even surprising passages of Scripture today. The first is from Matthew chapter 4. And if you would think about this temptation of Jesus, every one of us faces temptations in our life, but we learn from Jesus how we cannot get sidelined and get our lives out of alignment. Listen for the Word of God. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. He said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to the devil, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. Our next scripture is a very curious one for Mother's Day, but think about these words of Jesus. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, pour through me, please, the gift of preaching. That these words might not simply be my human words or human opinions, but by a miracle of your grace, these words might become your living word to us. And I pray that they would help every one of us take the next step on our journey of faith with you. All this we pray with anticipation for what you have in store for us and the steps of faith we'll be taking as a result of it. And we pray in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our risen, reigning Lord and Savior. Amen. Jesus said, Worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. 
Marcia wanted desperately to please her mother. She tried everything she could to please her mother, but it seemed like she never quite measured up to who her mother wanted her to be. Marcia's mother was a mathematics major, and she went on and taught mathematics in high school and in the local community college. And so Marcia also studied math and tried to do well in math, and she'd come home with a 95 on a math test. She'd say, Mom, I got a 95, and her mother would say, well, why didn't you get 100? And then Marcia would get 100 on the math test. She said, Mom, I got the 100, and she would say, well, must have been an easy test. Marcia was never quite smart enough or thin enough or pretty enough, or successful enough to please her mother. But here's the interesting thing about Marcia. She went on to go way beyond her mother in education and academics. She got a PhD in mathematics, and she's professor of, of mathematics and head of the mathematics department, a tenured faculty member at one of the most prestigious colleges in America. If I would say the name of this university, every one of us would know the name. And yet Marcia was never sure that she pleased her mother. She never quite heard her mother say, Honey, I'm so proud of you. (sighs) Marcia's mother died. And Marcia had to deal in grief in her therapy after her mother's death with, Did I really please my mother? Did I really measure up to who my mother wanted me to be? On Mother's Day Sunday of 2021, Jesus has a shocking Mother's Day message for every one of us. And the shocking message is simply this. If we put anyone or anything in the place that only God should occupy, our lives are out of alignment. But if we put God in the place that only God can and should occupy, all the relationships of life, all of our commitments of life, all of our priorities of life will get into their proper perspective. It's a matter of being what's most important in life. It's important to remember Jesus' shocking Mother's Day message on this day when we lift up mothers all over America, all over the world. And it's important to remember that Jesus had a great mother. In other words, Mary was a nurturing mother, even though she was very young chronologically, she had spiritual maturity. Where do you think Jesus learned how to pray and how to trust God and how to have faith? He learned it from his mother as well as his father, Joseph. But Mary was a significant force in Jesus' life. And think about the God of the universe looking down on all the people of the world. To whom will I entrust my son? And he chose Mary, this young woman, because of her spiritual maturity and her trust in God. Jesus had a very good mother And if Ron White were up here with me today, he would quote a little Lincoln to us, as he always does. And Lincoln said, no one is poor who has a godly mother. And Lincoln is really right. I love the Mother's Day card that says on the outside, Mom, you have the wisdom of the ages and the patience of a saint. And you open up and it says, and the radar of a stealth bomber. And that's true, isn't it? I mean, moms have eyes in the back of their head. I mean, they're able to multitask. It's amazing how they're doing five or six things at once, and they still have eyes in the back of their head, and they know what their children are doing. So as we celebrate mothers, can we also be honest enough to say that Mother's Day is not an easy day? If your mother isn't living, it's not an easy day. You have some fond memories of your mother. Or if, like Marcia, you never measured up to who your mother wanted you to be, it's not an easy day. Or, or if you wanted to be a mother but couldn't be a mother for many reasons, it's a tough day for many people. And so hear Jesus' message when he says, 
If anyone loves father or mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. And that seems harsh. If anyone puts children above me, you're not worthy of me. What Jesus is saying is, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. God's got to be number one in your life. If anything else, even a good thing, like a mother or a child or a marriage, if anything else gets in the way of God and becomes number one of your life, all of life is out of alignment Jesus gives us this stern warning. Now, when Jesus said, worship the Lord your God and serve only him, he had just come off a very high spiritual experience. He had just been baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist, in the River Jordan. It was a very spiritual moment for Jesus. The heavens opened and he heard the voice of God say to him, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus knew who he was, and he knew whose he was. He knew he was the Messiah, the Son of God. But God knew that Jesus had to go into the wilderness. And so if you notice, the scripture says it was the Spirit that drove Jesus into the wilderness. And the Spirit's intention, the Spirit of God's intention was that Jesus would be tested and made stronger. But San Marino friends, be very sure, whenever God wants us to do something, there's another character at work beneath the surface in a sinister way, and his name is Satan or the devil. And he likes to twist things, and he likes to put a little doubt in our mind about God and, and make us unsure about God and not sure what we're doing. And, and he says, you know, if you are the son of God, well, Jesus knew he was the son of God, but the devil wanted to twist things. I think it's very interesting that the word E-V-I-L is L-I-V-E spelled backwards. See how sinister it is? Satan loves to take live and twist it and turn it and make it into something evil. So when the Spirit led Jesus out into the wilderness and he's there and he's being tempted by the devil, the devil wants to get him out of alignment with God. God wants to put him in alignment with God, but Jesus has got to decide. So Jesus is out there and the devil twists things. He takes twists things around a little bit. And the first temptation is to turn the stones into bread. Now, Palestine was a very hungry country, and Jesus was out there, and he was famished, and he's out there in a very barren wasteland. I've been to this wilderness area, and it is a desert. It is filled with rocks, and there's not much vegetation out there. And Jesus was tempted to turn the stones into bread for his own eating, but also, what kind of Messiah, what kind of Son of God will I be? Will I meet the immediate needs of people? And Jesus said, no, I'm not going to meet the immediate needs of people. That's not what God wants. God wants me to meet their deepest spiritual hunger and assuage their deepest spiritual thirst. But if I meet all their physical needs, I won't be the kind of Messiah God wants. And he put God and God alone in first place on the throne of his life. Then the devil tempts him with something else that's also pretty good, kind of, kind of intoxicating. Show a dramatic sign and all the people will believe in you. Jump off the pinnacle of the temple. Everybody's going to believe you're the son of God. You're, God will send his angels to you. And Jesus was tempted with that because many people like a dramatic sign. If you and I are honest, haven't there been times in our life when we're trying to make a decision and we say, God, if you'll just give me a sign, I'll believe. And we want a sign. And there's actually nothing wrong with that. But Jesus knew that that was second best or tertiary. It wasn't the first best. God wants people to trust in God alone and not because God gives them a sign. So Jesus knew that was not the kind of Messiah he wanted to be. And then the third temptation is the political military Messiah. 
Jesus could have been another Alexander the Great. The Jewish messianic expectations were somebody who would defeat Israel's enemies and restore them to the glory they knew under David and Solomon. And Jesus could have done that. He could have defeated the Philistines and the Assyrians and the Babylonians. But Jesus knew that that was also not the kind of Messiah God wanted him to be. God wanted him to be a Messiah who would not only meet the deepest spiritual needs of people, but who would defeat Israel's greatest enemies and humanity's greatest enemies, sin and death. And the only way to do that was to die on a cross. And Jesus came to the realization the only way he could really be the Messiah, the Son of God, is to die. He had to lose his life in order to find it. Jesus, when he finished all these temptations, he was totally in alignment with God. He said no to all of Satan's ploys, and he was fully in alignment with the Messiah and the God who God wanted him to be. Is there anybody listening to this message who has ever been out of alignment in some part of your life? Something isn't just right. It's your relationship with God or a spouse or a child or a sister or a brother or a mother or father. There's something in your life that isn't quite right at the office or you just feel some tension inside. Well, some years ago, I, I just had some pain in my body and I wasn't sure what was wrong. My posture wasn't very good and I was limping a lot and I had pain in my back and pain in my hips and pain in my knees and I didn't want to go to the doctor because I was, was busy, you know, and I didn't want anybody to notice. But people were coming up to me and saying, Tom, you're constantly limping. What's going on? And finally, I went to the doctor and the doctor took x-rays and MRIs and all kinds of things and finally said to me, Tom, your right hip is completely worthless I said, could you choose another word than worthless? I mean, he said, well, let me put it to you straight. If you were a car, I'd like to put you up on the rack because you're out of alignment. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, what I'd like to do is rotate your tires and give you a new wheel. And I said, hey, while you got me up there, could you give me a new chassis too? He said, some things are beyond repair. But, but anyway, he gave me this surgery and my hip got into place. He got a brand new hip. And suddenly, when my hip was in place, my knees felt better, and my back felt better, and my posture was better, and I could stand up straight without it hurting. And it was amazing how getting out of alignment can affect you, but getting back in alignment is absolutely wonderful. Has anybody ever been out of alignment, and you've come to worship on a Sunday morning and watching on Zoom or in-person worship when we did that? And we'll be doing it again soon. Has anybody ever come in as I have out of alignment? One Sunday I came into contemporary worship here at SMCC and I was out of sync in a relationship in my life. And Willow Stevens and the Virginia Road Band sang How Great Thou Art, a great rendition of it. And it was like salve for my soul. It, it just made me feel better. I felt like I was back in alignment with God and this other person, and I could forgive them and ask them to forgive me, and I got back in alignment. And then I was so excited that I went over. This was when we were worshiping in person. I went over to the traditional service, and I heard Lisa playing the piano, and she was playing these old familiar hymns, Rock of Ages, Cliff for me. And again, it was like balm for my soul. It was amazing. And I felt in alignment with God and with other people. And I got back into alignment in corporate worship. And then, actually, I heard a sermon by Jessica Von Lower and another one by Jeff O'Grady, two of my favorite preachers. And I learned how to get in alignment. Now, here's the point. 
my back and my hip were so bad that when I had the surgery, which was very successful, I had to relearn how to walk again. But I couldn't relearn how to walk on my own. Literally, the doctor said to me, Tom, your back is now, everything's good. Your back's in alignment, your hip's in alignment, but you've got to relearn how to walk. And I said, well, how do I do that? What do you mean I don't know how to walk? He said, well, watch yourself. You're just out of alignment. You need to remember how to walk. You've got so many bad habits, you need to get back in alignment. And he brought a physical therapist to our house three days a week. And every other day, this young woman taught me how to walk again around our house and our living room and dining room. And she and Suzanne, my wife, would go out into the driveway and out into the street, heel, toe, heel, toe. And I learned how to walk again. See, what I learned in corporate worship when those hymns were sung and what I learned in corporate worship when I heard Jessica preach and Jeff preach, I learned how to walk again. And every one of us gets out of alignment sometimes, and we need to hear preaching, and we need to hear music that will get us back in alignment with God and other people and motivate us to forgive and to be forgiven. This is why the corporate dimension of our faith is so important. This is why the church is so important. And it was important to Marcia. You remember the woman who had the relationship with her mother that wasn't so good, and she never felt she pleased her mother? She came to corporate worship one Sunday. And when Marcia came to worship that particular Sunday, she read the prayer of confession. But she was so out of sync in her life that she didn't pray it herself out loud. She just heard other people praying it out loud. And this is what they prayed. Forgive us, O God, when we allow other people's relationship with us to be the source of our self-esteem instead of allowing you alone, O God, to be the source of our self-esteem. And when Marsha heard that, she said to me after the service, Tom, this is me. I mean, it's funny. I wasn't praying this, but I heard other people praying it for me. And this is me. I thought I was the only one who had these kind of issues with their mother or putting something else in first place in their life. I said, Marsha, we've got a whole church that's out of alignment. Everybody here is out of alignment. What we need is to get right with God, get back in alignment with God. And the only way to do that is to confess our sins and to hear preaching and to have music and to pray and to get ourselves back in alignment with God through being involved in the church of Jesus Christ. And do you know that Marcia actually, instead of hearing her mother say, honey, I'm proud of you, she internalized what God said to Jesus. This is my beloved daughter my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. And once Martha, Marcia realized that God was her mother, that God was her father, she suddenly, for the first time in her life, she could give thanks for her mom. And she started to think, gosh, you know, I had a good mom. I just maybe didn't measure up. But, but that maybe my mother was dealing with issues that I didn't quite understand. And she could forgive her mother and love her mother and thank God for her mother. Once she realized that God was her mother and God was her father, she could free her mother to be human and she could let her rest in her grave, not trying to have her mother meet all of her needs. Jesus' shocking Mother's Day message, worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Don't put anyone or anything in the place that only God can occupy. If you do, your whole life is out of alignment. Marcia, well, she internalized Jesus' shocking Mother's Day message. 
have we 